Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. We're happy to turn the rest of our Bible Instruction Time over to our brother, Mike Matthews. Open your Bibles, Mark chapter 4. We're going to talk about the windy weather. We've had a lot of it lately around here, but nothing like these men went through. And also that storm within that demoniac's body. We're going to talk about that. And another storm on the sea just a, a few chapters later. They're, they're parallel and yet they're, they're different times and, and different incidents too. Look at chapter 4 of Mark in verse 35. The same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with them little ships. And, and uh, there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship, and so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, cure us all not that we perish. He arose and rebuked the wind, and unto the sea said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the word ceased, the wind ceased. And there was a calm, and he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, said unto one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea Obey him. Well, they didn't know the scriptures, did they? When they said that, they should have known it. But last time we were together, we, we were uh, mentioning different words in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, this servant of God, always busy with the things of God. Those, those words are, are, are used uh, immediately as the one word used. Always busy. Forthwith. Straightway and anon, quickly. Last time I said anon, but it says anon, quickly. And we mentioned about this conjunction, the, the word and. It's a nightmare to grammar teachers where that you start a sentence with the word and. Well, in the Gospel of Mark, not only are there sentences, it's mentioned 1,200 times in that Gospel. And it's mentioned... 13 of the 16 chapters of the Gospel of Mark opens up with the word and. Oh, that's because it shows the continuancy, the instant service of that servant, always continuing, never tiring. Ah, but we find him here in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 and on down through 41. We find him asleep. He's finally so tired he has to go to sleep when the helmsman uh, pillow there and he didn't even get time to finish his nap and they came running over to him didn't they, they the storm the, these seasoned seamen were there and they were afraid of this storm and storms always came up on the sea of Galilee and this was a special one some think that Satan was behind it trying to, to, to take care of destroy the, the Savior, but uh, 
is actually so terrible that they were coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. They ran back to him. They woke him up out of sleep, and they knew he was tired. He just did all that work all day long about the parable of the sower and, and different things he did. And he was asleep. He didn't say, don't wake me, or why did you wake me? He just simply looked at him and, and as he spoke to them. And then, you know, I want to remind you of a passage in, in Psalm 89, verse 8 to 9. It, it says, it answers the question the disciples ask, you know, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves, they obey him? The psalm says, O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee? Thou rulest the raging seas when the waves thereof arise, thou stealest them. Here in this portion of Scripture, we find the servant resting there. And yet, he's awoken. They woke him up. And, he, and three times over, they said, they said to him, Carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care that we perish? And what a thing to say to the, to the Savior. But, you know, he, he continues on knowing that they didn't understand. So as we looked in this morning, Mark chapter 8, 31, Mark chapter 9, 31, and Mark chapter 10, 32 to 34. Behold, he went to Jerusalem. We're going to go to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered into the chief priests and shall be condemned to death and de- deliver him unto the Gentiles, and they're going to mock him, they're going to scourge him, and they're going to spit on him, and they're going to kill him. But on the third day, has been said well, today's Friday, Sunday's coming. It's been said many times the last week. And the third day he arose again, and this should have told them after three times telling them that he cares for their soul. And he careth for your soul today. He careth whether you would perish. And that's why he went to the cross at Calvary to die there. It says in Romans 5 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's like he said to the ways, peace be still. And they were calm. Here he had control over nature. <clears throat> and, and the idea of Hebrews 11 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You see the disciples, he asked the disciples, don't you have any faith? And I'm asking you today, do you have faith? Do you have faith in Christ who God died for you on the cross? Because it says in Romans or Hebrews 11, 6, <clears throat> for with faith it is impossible to please God. For he that... <clears throat> um, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Isaiah 53, 55 or 6 to 8 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him when he is near and look at the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts and then return unto the Lord. In Hosea 10, 12 it says, Now it is time to seek the Lord. And in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, it says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Does he care that you're saved? Does he care about you that you don't perish? And 
Luke 19, 10, it says, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, before we go to Mark 5, verse 1, we're going to go to chapter 6 of Mark and go to verse 45. In this story here, we read in verse 45, Straightway, there's that word straightway again. He constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before under Bethsaida, where he sent away, while he sent away the people. And when he sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was alone on land. He saw them toiling and rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch on the night of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea, and would have passed by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out, for they all saw him, and were troubled. Immediately he talked with them, and said, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up into them, into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered, for they considered not the miracles of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Amazing. You know, during this time, John and Gospel adds that when Peter saw the Lord out there. He said, if it's you, Lord, let me come to you. And I can see the Lord reaching his hand out and says, come, Peter. And I can see Peter starting to come. And as he came, he looked to the left and looked to the right and saw the waves all around him. And he didn't keep his eyes on the Lord. And he started sinking. And he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, save me. That's just like salvation. I know there's something that's to the left or to the right of you might be distracting you from being saved. But oh, the Lord, if you keep the eyes straight on the Lord and look to him for salvation and say, Lord, save me, he will reach his hand out and save your soul. Here in this passage, we see a little bit different story. He's not lying on the pillow now, asleep. He's wide awake. He saw their need from afar. It shows his omniscience. It shows his, just everything that he is, that he saw it all from a distance. And he'll see your need if you're out there in a storm of trouble and your heart's troubled with things of the world and you're looking to the left and looking to the right and you're sinking Christ cares about you. He'll come to you if you only seek him. Come unto me and be saved. All the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else. Here we have the Lord Jesus Christ walking on the water. What a miracle. And yet they were afraid of him. Even though he said, peace be unto you. Fear not. It is I. And you out there that's not saved, if you're in your sins and you don't have this peace about you, understand that the Lord Jesus Christ says, have peace. 
have no fear. It is I. Come to me, and I will save your soul. <clears throat> this uh, place that they were in the storm, it was very dark, and that's just like sin and darkness. And the light became the deeds because of their deeds are evil. Men love, ra- men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil, is what I meant to say. Are you enlightened or are you darkened in sin? Hmm. That's up to you. God says, it is I. Be not afraid. It is I. You know, Peter, when he said, it's all the Lord, and he wanted to come out, he, he had a desire. He had a good desire. And I don't know why he would want to go out because he had never walked on water before. But you know, they said the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that walked on water. Peter did for a time until he got his eyes off God. And you know, we too, walking in the Lord, we can get our eyes off God and go a different way. If you're lost in your sin, that way is a lake of fire in hell. Don't be distracted by the things of this world. Now let's turn to Mark chapter 5. Here we have the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a storm on the sea where he was on the pillar. There was a storm on the sea. He was walking on the sea. He can do it all. That servant of Jehovah is the one that is needed uh, for your salvation. But in John chapter 5, here's an amazing story. They're on the ship, coming over to land. And all of a sudden, the disciples are standing on the sand. Put yourself there. And looking up and seeing some kind of maniac coming down the hill, naked, hollering and screaming, blood all over him because he cut himself trying to push the demons out of him in the evening time. Coming down. And what do you do? Do you run? Do you run and hide? Do you just trust the Lord? Well, evidently they stayed there. And the, the story goes, to shorten the story a little bit, he comes to Jesus. He saw him afar off. And that's the way it is of salvation. You see him afar off. But God and the blood of Christ has brought you nigh. And he'll bring you into the family of God if you but trust him as your Savior. But here they are, this man filled with demons, coming down. Is he going to be dangerous? What's he going to do? Is he going to destroy us? And they didn't realize who was standing in front of them. They are shy. They, they just shy of understanding who Christ really is. And sometimes we are that way. We just don't realize the power of Christ. We're going through some hard times in our life. Life. And, and we feel that I can do it myself. I can get out of it. Until you finally surrender it to the Lord. We're talking to Dolores today. And she's talking about her, her daughter. And how that she just fears not to go to sleep. Because if she goes to sleep, uh, I don't know. She, she's just afraid of, of uh, being the pain that she's having. And, and she doesn't wake her mom up when she wakes up out of sleep. Because she's afraid she wants her mom to stay asleep and have her rest. And, and just different things she's going through. 
Everyone has things like this, but we have to understand to lay it at the altar of the Lord. Let him take care of it. I know it's easy for me to say, but we got to do it. That's a true answer. Hmm. Look at the first three verses of chapter 5. They have this man with an unclean spirit in verse 2. He's been dwelling among the tombs. And no man can bind him. No, not with chains. <coughs> this man, I don't know how long he was this way, but he was possessed by at least 2,000 demons. Imagine just having one demon. But you know, it was so painful for him that in the night, he would cut himself with rocks and his arms and legs and all, hoping that the spirits would just fly out of him or something. But he, had, he was not in his right mind. He didn't care about what he looked like, no clothes on. And he lived amongst the dead people. And up in the mountain, he would run about up in the mountains there too. We know there was a high, high place for him to go because of the swine later on in the story. But this man here, he looked. How did he know it was Jesus? He said, looked afar and he saw Jesus. How did he know that? I don't know. But as he came running towards Jesus, the Bible says that the demons started speaking. And what did they say? What did they say? Down here in verse 7. And the demons were talking through this man. A loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he saith unto him, Come out of the man. And the unclean spirit, <coughs> he wanted to, <coughs> to deal with the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the, the demons have to possess some kind of a body to stay here and not go back to the underworld. And we know that the, the demons had an idea. They thought, well, we know that Jesus, we know who he was. He's the son of the most high God, you know. A lot of the people didn't realize that at that time, that he was the son of the high God. And here he is. He, he's looking at Jesus, and the man is not speaking. The demons are speaking out of him, saying, don't torment us this way. And then they said, send us over to the swine. And the Lord Jesus Christ let them go over there. And what happened? Those swine were so disturbed by the demons being in them that they ran down the hill and they went into the ocean and they were drowned. That's not smart of the demons because they had a short life. Now they had to go back to the underworld because... They can't exist here on earth without having a body to possess. And that's why you read about a lot of stories in the scriptures about demon-possessed people. And that's why, because they can't exist without that. Let's stop here and consider a little bit more. Let's think of the words of James, chapter one, 2, verse 19 to 20. 
they tell us that thou believest that there's one God. The demons also believe and they tremble. They shudder. Faith without, without saving works, faith without showing works, I should say, is as if you're dead. And they were trying to justify to Jesus that they would be send them into these 2,000 swine. They told Jesus their name was Legion. And because there were many, he evidently, they weren't very smart, though. And, of course, we know the story that they went into their swine and went down. Now, let's look at chapter 5, verse 14. And they that fed the swine fled and told it to the city. And, of course, the people from the city, they came out. They were curious about what has happened. And here's the here's actual good example of the lost ones. Here was a demoniac possessed with 2,000 demons the size of a Roman group of soldiers. And they, he, yet he came. And when they came out, they looked and they saw him clothed in his right mind, sitting down. The people had tried their best. They, they bound his hands with chains and put fetters around his feet and he would just snap them because it wasn't him, it was the demon's power that snapped them away. No one can control him. No one could do anything to help this man. He had a storm inside of him with these demons. And now he was down there sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's the way we should be, at the feet of Jesus. And he was talking to him just calm as ever, never screaming and clothed in his right mind. And these people that came out of the city, they were amazed. We couldn't do anything but just how did this man do it? Who is he? They were afraid of him. And they said, depart from us. Go out somewhere else. Well, the Bible clearly says that uh, this man was definitely in his right mind because when Jesus and them got in the ship and they were going to leave because those people rejected Christ. This man was in this terrible condition and he accepted Christ. These men were trying to help this man and yet they couldn't and they rejected Christ. Two types of people in this world today. One type is those that reject Christ, those that accept Christ. And Christ doesn't care what your past was because Christ died for your sins. And he was buried and he arose again the third day, ascended into glory after 40 days. That's our Savior. He doesn't care what we were. He just wants to know what we can be. Here in this uh, passage, we have the, the man coming up to the Lord Jesus Christ and saying, take me with you. Take me with you. And Jesus said to him, no. Those people that tried to save you couldn't. You go and tell them about Christ and the things that I did today. And you go and tell them that truly, truly, this is the Son of God. Look at me. I was once possessed by demons and naked and I was cutting myself and I was in torment day and night. And I didn't have any hope. You couldn't tame me. But when I saw Jesus, things changed. And that's the way it is.
There's someone here today, you don't know the Lord as your Savior. This is the way. Come to Christ, for he is willing to save you. Now, as he told that man that, he departed, and it said, right away, he went and spoke to the ten cities. The, the couple, this is ten. And he went and spoke and told that story of his salvation. Now, there's some young people here today, and you say, well, I can't be a great preacher. Well, neither am I. But the point is, you can tell them that once you were lost, and now you're saved. You can tell them your conversion story. You can give them a piece of the Word of God. So I just encourage the young and old alike that are believers that you would be in the Word and understand this man, Jesus. He's so kind. He's so busy in the Gospel of Mark. In fact, uh, May 22nd, we'll be together again, and we'll be in the Gospel, and we'll look in the, to the other storms <coughs> in the people. Lies. We'll talk about the lady who had 12 years, or had um, a disease for 12 years, and we'll talk of a little maid that was 12 years old in the chapters, chapter 6 of uh, the Gospel of Mark. Let us pray. Father, we, we thank thee for the time of looking over some of these stories and seeing that Christ is this great servant of God, always busy ever waiting for someone to wake him up so he can serve them. And then, Lord, he has this power to control nature. He has this power to control demons. He has this power of an endless life. He is the one that we praise and adore today, our Father. Trust that there's someone here today that know not Christ their Savior, that they might realize that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Might we all trust Christ a little more today than we did yesterday and serve him. Pray for traveling mercies home as well. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.